This podcast is brought to you by Loot Crate. Loot Crate delivers the best in geek and gaming gear. From collectibles, apparel, and tech gadgets to art and other epic gear, it's like having Comic-Con in a box. Loot Crate also features individual subscription boxes for gaming, anime, Marvel, and WWE fans, and plans begin at just $24.99 a month. So head on over to cinemageekly.com slash lootcrate, or click the support us link in the show notes for this episode. You're listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. It's a brand new episode of What Comes Next, Cinema Geekly's NXT Companion Podcast. It is Anthony and Jacqueline. We're back to talk more NXT on the WWE and USA Networks. Uh, this is episode 101. Woo! We, we were over the hump. We are now only 99 more episodes to go. until Our next milestone. Yeah, until 200. I don't know. The way things are going, 150. I'm getting more cake. 150 might be cake worthy. Um, <laughs> so we're largely going to be talking about NXT TakeOver War Games 2020. Yeah. Um, but there was at least one thing of note on the uh, the official go-home episode of NXT, uh, which mm-hmm. is that Shotzi Blackheart defeated Raquel Gonzalez in the NXT War Games Advantage ladder match to give the advantage to the baby faces, which is weird um i'm gonna get into my theory about what the real advantage is as we get into the matches so don't you worry okay um because the i'm well going into this watching that episode of nxt i'm like okay that's weird but maybe they were listening to our podcast jacqueline and they tried to mix it up yeah we talked about how that can get a little repetitive There's Mm -hmm. a reason why it's done, though, and I feel like that showed itself in the opening War Games match. But I'm like, look, maybe they'll do something to switch it up, to give the the heels the advantage. They'll do something in the match. But as you'll get around to, that's not something they ever actually did. Um, So, yeah, I've got a lot of thoughts about the opener, which is conflicting. Um, I don't want to get... Yeah, I don't want to dive into it first. Let's no. uh, let's talk about what happened. And Wait, before we'll we get into that, I like that you are talking about the women's ladder match being the most surprising thing about the go-home show. Because mm-hmm. I would like to say the most surprising thing is that Imperium never left. No, they, they've never <laughs> left. They're still They're here. They're still in Florida. Yes. They can't. They can't leave. Apparently, I don't. I think I don't know. They had this big send off, and they're still around. <laughs> I'm like any day now. They're going to be going back to to England to be nope. with Walter. And no, nope. no, nope. Walter is now an island. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, more or less in many ways. Basically, yes. yes so, <laughs> anyway, all right. 
that taking us right into war games then? Yes, it is. Okay. They so fit did you both watch- of those rings in there. What was that? They fit both of the rings in there. They did. They have room. Um, did you watch the pre-show at all? I did not. Okay. Not great. The best part of the pre-show, though, <laughs> was at the towards the end when they had, I think it was mostly the people who were participating in the war games, yelling war games, a la <laughs> William Regal. And then they go to William Regal, who just shakes his head, and then... There's only one. Um, rolls his eyes, and then yells war games as only he can. It's... <sighs> It's a pretty great, like, even, I think I saw, I remember Io Shirai yelling war games. I'm like, it's just not the same, but, like, yeah, and we it's gotta, pretty cute. And we got to leave this be until next year. Like, you can't do this too much. Like, um. I don't know. I'm sorry, like, I'm thinking I might bring it into, like, my everyday life. Just, like, <laughs> when when people start arguing, I'm just going to go, war games, and then yes. see what happens. Yes. It's <laughs> the new, it's my new trial by fight what was the thing from um game of thrones where oh, like trial by combat that's it it's my yes. new trial by combat <laughs> <laughs> what a weird crossover <laughs> but i approve i i am a fan yeah. <laughs> all right so let's just get right into it we start off with the women's war games um yes. bad lady team comes out first Tony Storm, I got to talk about her for a moment. Looking mm-hmm. like a village person. Kind of, yeah. And wearing some sort of like Nazi hat too, it felt like. Well, uh, she looked like the cop. Yes. To me. The, the village person cop. Yes. That's <laughs> who she was. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what you saw. I saw like that hat and I saw like the skull or whatever on the hat. And I'm like, that kind of feels a lot like one of I those like even... Nazi hats or whatever. And I'm like, that that's treading the line for me but okay I didn't see the skull but I feel like if I would have I would have thought Hail Hydra <laughs> I mean it was like it was black on black so it was yeah. tough to see but um, so they all get their their moment to walk out Dakota Kai starting off for the bad ladies mm-hmm. um, then the good ladies come out Shotzi has a new tank yes um, all the good ladies get on it she's the last one out um, and man, did it just look like a fantastic picture. It really did. That was a really, I mean, I don't know. You tell me, was it improved upon or ruined by the fact that she has a Nerf cannon on her uh, tank? Um, so I wrote the tank works and Shotzi shoots something at Dakota. Yes. It didn't make it. I don't know. It didn't take me out of it. Da- I guess D- Dakota reacting to it was pretty funny though. Like she was that legitimately was scared. Even though this, fantastic. even though this thing does not look like it could hurt her, and she was protected by no. a cage, she still cowered away from this. It this looked cannon. like, yeah, it looked like a ball of smoke. But smoke was, was coming from the exhaust as well. <laughs> yeah, so it looked nasty, but yes, it was just funny. Um, but we get Ember starting for the good ladies. She stops Shotzi, and I thought that was a very smart move. I was like, "There's no way Shotzi's starting this match." Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then we begin. So, um, so I have my disclaimer here. Um, I, I did my best, but a lot happened. Yes. So I summarized, but I still have a lot of notes. So, mm-hmm. but I did not get everything. So if you have to move me along, feel free. <laughs> um, all right. So we start off Dakota and Ember. So, you know, that they have a, 
a history now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Dakota with a lot of offense and Ember fighting back. Dakota trying to choke Ember, but Ember fighting. So Dakota just jumping on her back, which never works because Ember just flips onto her back. Um, A few big kicks. Ember gets a big cartwheel into a forearm in the corner. And then Ember sweeps the leg. Ember picking up a lot of steam. Dakota using the double ring to her advantage, uh, getting creative and pushing Ember's face into the cage. Um, Dakota looking for a big kick, but Ember rolls through and and from her back uses her legs to put them around Dakota's neck Mm -hmm. um, and gets her down onto the ground. Ember puts Dakota into the cage now in the nastiest way. Um, Dakota going for one of her finisher moves. I don't know which one, um, but Ember reversed, which was really cool. Um, Dakota goes... um, does get off the chiropractor to take Ember out for just a bit, um, but it's time for Shotzi to enter now, uh, and she grabs a crowbar and her and a toolbox on her way in. Shotzi focusing completely on Dakota. Shotzi gets her butt to the back move pulled off. Uh, one thing that always bothers me about this is that I'm pretty sure the advantage is getting the last person in. No. Uh, no the the advantage no. is supposed to be. Like, I mean, when the last person comes in, that's when the match starts. But, but the I idea already... the idea is to have the one person advantage so you can, you know, so it's always like two versus one, three versus two. See, um, this is where it dawned on me. This is baseball rules. You <laughs> Last in, you are the freshest. You yes. have the best advantage. Technically, so I... that, can be, that can be true. Um, the idea is supposed to be, though, that most of your team is beaten down already. So you come in fresh, but... Um, and and usually this is reserved for mm-hmm. the baby faces, I think, at the end. But mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. My next line is, I think the bad ladies actually have the upper hand here. Like, I don't know. To me, getting the last person in is mm-hmm. the advantage. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to have to change their match next year. Um, Dakota has neutralized Shotzi for the moment and goes after Ember. But um, Shotzi back in it. And now it's mostly Shotzi, but Dakota able to get a big kick um, off the ropes. Ember has Dakota on her shoulders and Shotzi with a missile drop kick off the top rope. Raquel now is the next one in to help, help out her teammate. She is greeted by Ember and Shotzi. Raquel getting double teamed, but she takes them down. Raquel does this spinning slam on Ember. That looks great. Shotzi goes for her Karana, but Raquel catches her and puts her into the cage. Raquel puts Dakota on her shoulders and spins her around to kick both Ember and Shotzi. It was fantastic offense. Raquel and Dakota with a lot of offense, and they are not playing. Ember and Shotzi just down. Dakota going to the top rope of one ring, holding Raquel's hand, and jumps onto Ember and Shotzi in the other ring and it was amazing now Rhea's in Rhea taking care of Raquel for a moment and Dakota going after Rhea but Rhea responding with amazing offense not many weapons in the ring yet Ember and Shotzi getting in some offense on Raquel Rhea opening the toolbox and going for a hammer and using it on Dakota Rhea took her belt off to use it as a restraint and honestly that's brilliant Rhea running Dakota into the cage now and Raquel and Rhea are the only two standing they exchange blows in the middle and just brawl Tony's the next one in and she goes for the weapons in the form of kendo sticks Uh, Tony taking the cushions off the turnbuckle and using the kendo stick on Rhea Shotzi and Ember trying to to take out Tony but she is fighting them off Tony with a really nice suplex on 
Ember. Um, and then she and Raquel armed with kendo sticks. Um, Dakota now putting Rhea into the cage. Um, Shotzi and Dakota on the ropes in different rings. Tony runs in to interfere with Shotzi. Rhea by Dakota. And now Ember and Raquel mix it up. And everyone just goes down in time for Io to come in. Um, and she on her way in grabs a ladder and a kendo stick. Raquel tries to close the door um, and Io uses the stick to hit Raquel's hands but she kicks Io off the stairs so she's actually not able to get into the match Um, Io going for more ladders but Raquel's still there to prevent her from entering Tony taking out Ember who's trying to stop Raquel Io throwing in a chair but still has not entered the ring Io finally gets in by kicking Raquel out of the way and Raquel able to get her back out of the ring so she still is not able to enter through this tiny door um tony holding the door closed with her belt io tries to climb to get in but gets kicked off this took three minutes because now candace is in um and she meets io outside the ring and then indy jumps in with a chain to take out io indy helping um to throw in weapons the match still hasn't technically started because io's not in um which i thought was fantastic um, Candace going to work on Shotzi with a kendo stick. The bad lady is just putting the beat down on. Um, the ref needing to explain to Candace the match hasn't started yet. Eel on the top of the cage. She covers herself with a metal garbage can yes. and just jumps in the ring to take everyone out. And it was amazing. It was also like she did it with a smile on her face. Like She's, she looked like she was having fun. <laughs> that's crazy to me, but yes. <laughs> Eo now using the hammer on everyone. Um, Eo and Rhea with some tandem offense for an amazing DDT. Eo is just a one woman wrecking crew here. The good ladies have a whole lot of energy and momentum taking everyone out one by one. Eo gets a huge moonsault onto Raquel while Ember and Rhea hold her down um, for a two because all bad ladies break it up. Candace takes down Ember in the coolest way possible and then looks for the Gargano escape. Shotzi um, puts on a submission to Tony and Candace breaks hers to help out Tony. Shotzi and Candace facing each other and Shotzi using the kendo stick on everyone. Eo and Dakota having their moment and they are wonderful. Dakota gets a double stomp on a trash can with Eo in it for a two. Um, this is where I'm going to lose what's happening because it is just so much. Ember setting up the chairs now and beating Dakota into them and Dakota just taking a beating from everyone. And she really has like this whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, Ember pulls off the clip off the eclipse on Dakota over two chairs and it looked amazing and yeah. nasty. Tony breaks up the pin. Tony with a storm zero on Ember to Ember on a trash can for a two. Rhea and Io working so well together against Tony, setting up a ladder. Candace taking down Io and then Rhea. Candace going after Shotzi, setting up another ladder and some chairs. The two meet on the ladder and Candace gets knocked down onto the chairs. Shotzi jumps butt first onto Candace, um, who's holding a chair, so they're all just in pain. <laughs> Rhea going against Dakota now. Io with another e fall near fall that gets broken up by Tony Raquel getting Rhea into the cage and then goes after Eo on the ropes Eo looking for her Karana onto a ladder but Raquel catches Eo power slams her into said ladder and picks up the three yes and the bad ladies win I am shocked that Raquel was the one who got the win yep um but thought it was awesome um these ladies did the most amazing job thoroughly enjoyed it they really gave their all and damn it was entertaining is what i said they worked really hard 
um, mm-hmm. kicked a lot of ass. There was a mm-hmm. lot of cool stuff in this match. I agree. Yes. Um, I guess uh, we should talk, or I should talk about the reason that I didn't like it that much. And a lot of mm-hmm. that just boils down to personal preference. I'm kind of a, as much as I am not a traditionalist in pretty much every other way, I am weirdly a traditionalist when it comes to your your storytelling in professional wrestling. I don't know why, but... That's it, bizarre, yes. <laughs> it just sort of is. Like, I, to me, like, there are things that make sense to me and things that just don't make sense to me. And it's sort of twofold with this match. Um, what didn't make sense to me is doing the... Like, the reason you give the bad... The reason the bad guys always get the advantage in war games is because that's just like really simplistic and easy storytelling. You have two bad guys beating up on a good guy and you eagerly want the good guy to come in to even the odds for the good guys because you want the good guys to win, presumably. Um, And the thinking of that was backwards here. You'd have um, two good guys beating up on a bad guy until the bad guy came in to even the odds. Like Raquel Gonzalez came in here and made essentially what is called a babyface comeback. She beat up two good guys, though, all on her own, which is usually something a good guy would do in war games like, uh, you know, uh, you know, Kevin Owens or whatever. Last year, he ran in and beat up all the bad guys, but he was the good guy. Um, usually it's the bad guys who introduce the weapons or things like that because bad guys need to cheat to win and need like weapons on top of having their advantage. But the baby faces did that this year. Uh, so that's all that's all of that stuff in and of itself is just weird to me and feels backwards. Um, and then I think the thing that really got to me was not the fact that Raquel Gonzalez pinned EO because. Mm-hmm. And while it was surprising that they went with her, um, it does set up a challenger for EO. It does. Um, which is good. Something did come from the ending. But the other thing that I did not like was the long-term story that they told here with Team Good Girls, uh, which was they got their asses kicked. They When they thought they had a friend, their friend turned on them and kicked their ass some more. Then they were given the advantage in this match and then still lost, which is not like the best look for like your top, like your top of the card um, baby faces. Like that's not what I would have done. Um, no, I would have, after I having them so. get beat up, I don't know, after having them get beat up so much, I would have had them win here um, to um, kind of get their payback for having been beat up so many times by, um, by the heels, but they didn't. And all of that felt weird to me. And it, it definitely affected my score. I thought they worked super duper hard and I thought this match was good, but not as good as Grapple thought it was. And also probably not so, as good as you thought it was. So, and let me, and because, you know, and I, I don't understand wrestling storytelling. I, mm-hmm. you know, it's not like a, a thing for me. Yeah. Um, what, what I liked about it though, is that like, you know, what, it's, just, it's kind of real in a way. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, like the, um, I get they, the good lady team had to put in the weapons. Like, they knew that they had to fight dirty because they were going up against dirty fighters. Like, you got to fight fire with fire. Like, sure. I get all that. I, I mean, you do that every day. Mm-hmm. Um, not with kendo sticks and tables, but, <laughs> no. you know, like, it's, it's, it's a mentality. And, and to me, it's very real. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you, 
you still lose like you know matter you know even if you have the advantage which i honestly still will i i will always say that the advantage is whoever goes in last mm-hmm. um but what was really cool to me about this is like right before the match started i looked at i turned to my husband and i go do you have to enter the match through the door and he's like well yes and i'm like because i feel like someone should just climb it and jump in yeah i feel like i feel like if you enter it in any fashion you have entered yeah but the fact that then eo did it in this match i was like oh my god they're like they like literally were taking what was my my weird thoughts and putting it (laughs) on tv yeah um and so i was like because of that even too i was like this is just bananas and awesome (laughs) and i i don't know i really liked it and i the storytelling to me i didn't think seemed off um i think honestly candace candace's team needed the win Mm -hmm. in all honesty so i think the win made sense Okay. Um, so where did, where did you land on this? I'm I'm worried that we're going to be very disparate. We're going to be very apart, I think, because I went a full four and a half. Ooh, wow. Okay, yeah. I went, ooh, brace yourself, three and a quarter. Damn. And the only reason I went so high is because of how I scored the men's match. I had to go mm. back and make my women's match higher. Uh, <laughs> <did> so much more. <laughs> Grapple gave it 3.62. Y'all are wrong. I mean, they Not were close. They were fantastic. closer. They were closer to you. They almost went three and three quarters. But oh man, this I thought it was so great. I don't mm-hmm. know. Maybe it was just me. I was like in it. Mm-hmm. I thought they did a great job to set it off. So that's just me. All right. Well, coming off of that one, um, we get a Finn Balor video. Yes. Uh, and he says. Have fun tonight, but after War Games, it's back to being his show. So I guess he's cleared to wrestle. Presumably. Um, yeah. Undisputed Era. Um, they show you them showing up in matching outfits to show how serious they are. They yes. all have their little team. hoodies on. Yes. <clears throat> and then uh, next we get um, Ciampa versus Thatcher. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a low to the ground match and true thatcher style um but i think it's worth it to note champa had pants on yeah he hasn't been wearing pants no not his camo pants but he's wearing pants yes just have to point that out he went back to pants for this evening you know what they suit him Mm -hmm. i like the pants better for some reason i do i do too like i don't know it it goes with her his persona better yeah you get (laughs) decent you get desensitized to guys wearing like speedo trunks um and it it seems weird at the first times you like watch wrestling but then you sort of get desensitized to it because everybody wears stuff like that um so then it's it's always weird when somebody comes out with like long trunks and uh or pants in this instance and uh for some reason with champa though i just like it better i don't know i do too yeah um it was weird when he wasn't wearing them yes Okay. Anyway, that's enough about Champa's pants. pants. <laughs> um, <laughs> Thatcher going to work on Champa's leg. Champa going after, uh, and both men just grappling. Thatcher now with a large kick, but Champa uses it as fuel to propel himself up and start going after Thatcher, and now going after Thatcher's leg. Uh, both men on their feet, and Champa able to push Thatcher to the outside. Champa goes after him, but Thatcher slithers his way back and. Um, to get a big uppercut on Champa as Champa um, is trying to get back into the ring. 
The crowd booing Thatcher, so Ciampa back to being a good guy, I guess. Um, Ciampa playing possum, but Thatcher starts to pick up offense again. Um, Thatcher kneeing Ciampa's back and gets Ciampa out of the ring. Thatcher definitely has something maniacal in mind as he goes to put Ciampa back in the ring and continues to go after the neck. Thatcher with a belly-to-belly suplex and goes for the... um, for something, um, but his underfoot is... But his foot is under the rope, um, so no count. Was not aware that was a rule. Uh, I really think they are making this up as they go. Thatcher with a lot of forearms and Ciampa just taking a beating. Thatcher with a double underhook, but Ciampa able to power up to his feet and drop Thatcher on his back to the mat. Thatcher holding Ciampa's hand um, to exchange blows. I think they hit each other in the head and both men are out for a bit. Ciampa running off the ropes to just continuously take Thatcher down as um, as he has all the adrenaline and endurance now. Ciampa gets Thatcher on the top turnbuckle, um, now to the top rope with a superplex for a near fall. Ciampa f- um, back to his feet uh, with a big kick and looks for the fairy tale ending, with Thatcher continuing to go after the throat. Now this really weird chokehold, and Ciampa just runs them out of the ring. Back in the ring and to their feet, Thatcher tries for the throat again, but Ciampa able to evade it, knee to the face, and gets Thatcher in a giant chokehold. Thatcher's ear is bleeding somehow. Um, Thatcher able to get off a German suplex and then pulls Thatcher by his or then pulls Ciampa by his beard. Another German suplex by Thatcher. Ciampa looking rough. The referee started account for something. I'm not sure what. Ciampa had a lot of Thatcher's blood on his back. Thatcher bounces Ciampa off the rope. Ciampa looks to roll up Thatcher, but rolls him into the ropes. Thatcher hung up there with a lot of chops by Ciampa, who eventually is able to pull off the Willow's Bell for the win. Mm -hmm. Uh, This was a vicious, hard-hitting match. Um, There was no way Thatcher was going to win, but man, was this a fight. Um, And Ciampa just looking pained by the end. Yes. Um, I, I like this. Um, I didn't like it like a whole lot more than the, the previous match, but this was, uh, for a match that I wasn't really, um, excited about. Yeah. Like you could say it. <laughs> yeah. It performed. I mean, I wasn't really excited for anything other than the war games matches. Um, but yeah, this, uh, and you know what? It really worked for me. I think um, Timothy Thatcher likes to make faces at the camera sometimes, and mm-hmm. um, they're not quite on, like Oni Lorcan level faces or Kyle O'Reilly no. level faces, but they're pretty good. Like, yeah. he's like in a good third place, I think. Um, and on top of that, I don't know what happened, but he he was bleeding from his ear and a lot and. It added to the visual. Sometimes they call it uh, uh, they call it fortunate juice in the business uh, oh, no. when you uh, when you bleed accidentally and it just so happens to make things look cooler slash more violent slash whatever realistic you name it and that is sort of what happened here I think to Thatcher because uh, it did sort of add to it a little bit. Uh, Ciampa winning, I think, is the right move, but this really sort of felt like a placeholder for both of them because I don't know where either of them go after no. this. But I did like the match, and I also gave it three and a quarter. I gave it three and a half. Oh, okay. Grapple gave it 3.45. Okay, so right in my ballpark. Yes, and still I am under it. And I will say... 
Um, Thatcher, yes, has good faces, but I would put him fourth after Kushida. Oh, yes. Kushida has some really good in-ring faces. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Kushida's great. Ugh, he should have been here. Anyway, yeah, I was going to say, we could have used point. we could have used some Kushida on this show. Oh, any show. Mm-hmm. Okay, now we get the match that I don't think anyone was looking forward to. <laughs> the strap match. Yes, Cameron Grimes and Dexter Loomis. Yeah, Grimes comes out with his own strap, which just doesn't seem right. I feel like he'd own one. Um, yeah, okay. Um, oh, and he does talk to his app before his music ends, so I think there's something <laughs> yes! to that, it being alive. Mm-hmm. You're welcome, everyone. Yeah, I think that's thing. That's a thing. I think it's clear um, that he just listens to this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Cameron Grimes. He's like, what? What are they saying about me? Yep. Um, the ref has a strap, um, and now he's and now Grimes is arguing with the ref about which strap to use. Mm-hmm. Uh, Loomis using silent consent, uh, or <laughs> to use Grimes' yeah. strap, I guess. Like they're just taking his silence as an okay. He's like, yeah, whatever. Um, yeah, just get this started. Um, so both men are there. Their hands are through the the loops, I guess. Um, and the match starts. So Grimes just goes nuts on Loomis, but since they're um, not strapped up, the match has not started. Oh, my bad. Um, Grimes using the strap to pull Loomis out of the ring. Why the ref hasn't just finished this all um, is against the rules. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, this all is still going on. Um, Wade saying the referee unable to stop this. That actually should be a referee's job, Wade. Mm-hmm. Um, Loomis hitting back. Um, if uh, if this isn't a real match, why is this even happening? <laughs> it is, but strap matches are weird and dumb. Yeah. Loomis straps up now when we finally actually start this match. Loomis using the strap to keep Grimes in the ring. Loomis using the strap to pull Grimes closer, but not striking with it. Back... Now we're outside the ring, and I'm guessing there are no countouts. Um, Grimes on the barricade, and he tries to escape over the plexiglass, but Loomis pulls him. Loomis pulls him back down, um, and right into the plexiglass on the other side. Loomis using the arena to his advantage. Grimes finally able to push Loomis off of him, um, and then up and over the barricade to allow a moment to breathe. But Loomis is not down for long. He never is. Grimes pulls Loomis back over the barricade and what looks like a not very fun time. Uh, at the announce table now, and Grimes using the bag that the referee's strap was in to put over Loomis's face, um, it takes the second strap to use as a weapon. Um, Grimes using the second strap, and he tries to twirl it like a lasso, but is not very successful. <laughs> Loomis finally able to get off a spine buster and take off the hood. Um, Loomis has Grimes in the corner and uses the strap to keep Grimes um, in place, but Grimes using the strap to pull Loomis into the side scaffolding. Um, it looked different this week than just the metal post, so I'm calling it side scaffolding. Mm-hmm. Um, Loomis uses the strap to pull Grimes off the apron. Grimes flipping as he thuds onto the mat. Back in the ring, finally, and Loomis using the strap to make welts on Grimes' back. Grimes able to get a German suplex, in- suplex into the turnbuckle. Grimes grabbing a chair now, and Vic Joseph using this time to tell us there is no disqualification. Mm-hmm. If that's the case, why not just have a street fight? Um, Grimes so cocky, he sits in the chair in the middle of the ring. Loomis with a huge slam and now an exchange of blows. Loomis going to the top rope, but Grimes pulls him off 
um, with the strap to flip him down, we um, get that double flip thing in the middle of the ring for Grimes to pick up a two. Grimes using the strap to lash out on Loomis. He tries for the caveman, but Loomis reverses. Grimes um, twice able to get out of the silence. Loomis has Grimes tied up like a cow uh, and pulls his legs out from under him onto a chair. <laughs> Loomis is able to connect the silence and using the strap to further leverage, um, and Grimes finally taps. Mm-hmm. It was a weird match. What I did like about it is it shows that these two guys know each other pretty well and play mm-hmm. to each other's strengths. That being said, it, too long. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I thought this went. I thought this went a little too long. I this was well above my expectations. Um, mm-hmm. I'll agree with that. It's weird that they went with pinfall or submission. Usually, strap match rules are even weirder than this, uh, which are basically it. Instead of a sporting competition, it's almost turned into a game. So mm-hmm. in the traditional strap match rules. War games? No. <laughs> See, you were just looking for an opportunity to fit it in there, and you did. I am. Um, <laughs> so, uh, no, normally it's like the first wrestler to touch uh, each turnbuckle pad, like mm-hmm. the four turnbuckle pads, in succession wins. Oh, that's stupid. Which is, you know, you can see the game aspect because you are tied to somebody else and they can yeah. pull you away, uh, that sort of thing. Um, they did not. They did away with those and just did pinfall or submission. This exceeded my expectations. I thought this was going to be at best. Worse? I thought this, I thought this at best was going to be like average to below average. Uh, but mm-hmm. I thought it was good. Uh, I liked... Uh, I mean, Cameron Grimes still hilarious to me, uh, and yes. he's just a bumping machine. He flew all over the place for Dexter Loomis. Dexter Loomis at times in this match showed life, uh, mm-hmm. which I enjoyed. Uh, I thought he looked good here too, and I gave this match a three. Okay, I went two and three quarters just because it went just a little too long for my liking. Uh, you and Grapple are pretty close to agreement on this one, giving it two point six eight. This is, I think, the only time. I rated a match higher than what Grapple's average score was. Oh, man. Yep. That's saying something. <laughs> it's that kind of night. <laughs> I I must have, I think I really like this. You know what? I had a really good beer while I was watching this, mm. and I think it just kind of helped. helped. It helped. Yeah. Candy cane porter. Can't go wrong. <laughs> um, and it was festive. Oh, see, that's even yeah, better. It was. It's my, it's my time of year for beers. Anyway, that's besides <laughs> the point. Um, one of the most important things to happen on this show happened next, mm-hmm. um, and that is Vic Joseph showing off a War Games playset. Yeah, see, excited. If anyone ever wanted to know what to get me as a gift, <laughs> awesome. This it has a little it has little ladders and a table. Aww. I wish though it did have a button that would just have William Regal yelling War, War Games. Games. That'd be That's perfect. All I want. All I want. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and then after that moment of joy, the lights start flickering. And there's a hush. Yes. And you see this vulture that's maybe real or maybe an animatronic that they stole from Disney. I haven't mm-hmm. decided yet. Um, <laughs> and all we know is that Karrion Cross is back because yes. TikTok. Or returning. Yes. Any any time, any TikTok now. <laughs> Except for the Korean dad TikTok. I don't know if you've seen him or, yet or not, but he's glorious. I, I have not. <laughs> okay. He's already arrived, apparently, though. 
Yes. So watch out, Carrion Cross. Oh, Carrion Cross. Yeah. So I guess we're gonna get a Carrion Cross Finn Balor thing. You know, Seems right. it's been a while since we've said his name a bunch, and I'm now re-reminded of how much of how much I hate that his name is basically a pun, sort of. Carrying. Ca- carrying cross. Carrying across. We can just call him Killer. I don't see the problem I, with I that. Prefer, I prefer Killer Cross, yeah. Okay. Although, Champa's the psycho killer. I don't mm-hmm. know. We're going to have to work on this one. I mean, they had a battle of the killers, and uh, the cross killer won over the psychotic one, so. That's true. I don't know if that would happen anymore, though. Ooh! Anyway, wait. Hold on. What if Champa <laughs> and Cross team up? Ooh, okay. Okay. I see where you're going with this. I think this could happen. Mm-hmm. And they just, yeah. Okay, we'll get into that because I'm about to have all kinds of weird theories, but let's get into this triple threat match that happens next. Mm-hmm. They could be called the murder friends. But mm. continue. Yeah, okay. I'd go for that. <laughs> I don't think WWE would name any character or anything no. like that, but... <laughs> um, so we get the triple threat match for the North American titles. title. So it's Johnny Gargano, Damian Priest, Leon Ruff. Yes. In case you forgot. And how um, could you? All right. So Gargano's trying to go after Leon, um, but Leon goes into Priest. Priest moves um, Leon out of the way, and Gargano super kicks Priest out of the ring. Mm-hmm. Gargano with a lot of offense here early and able to get a few pin attempts on Ruff. Ruff able to pull off a huge hurricanrana and getting in some big kicks on um, to the midsection. Priest back in, and he knocks Leon out of the ring. Leon with a big kick to Priest's midsection, and now they are going at it. Priest able to lift up Leon by the throat. Um, Leon and Gargano working together to flip Priest out of the ring. Gargano flips out of the ring and talks Leon into doing the same, but Gargano there to take Leon out for a near fall. Priest pulls Gargano um, out of the ring and they're just battling each other on the outside. Leon goes to go after Priest and Priest catches him, says, what are you doing? Uh, And then Leon goes after Priest even harder. I got that. Um, Priest catches him and puts Leon through the plexiglass, and then the opposite side of the plexiglass wall falls as well. Yeah, like dominoes. It was weird, and there was someone in the middle with a mask on who's just trying to get out of the frame. Like, I don't know. I don't think that second wall was supposed to fall down. (laughs) Um, Leon gets taken out of the match, and it still continues somehow. This seems completely unfair. Um, Gargano building up some offense now and back in the ring. They each try for their finishers, but it doesn't work. Priest able to get a two on a spinning heel kick, maybe? Gargano gets a sliced bread for a two. Priest, um, uh... Priest and Gargano take each other out, and Leon comes back. Leon jumps over Priest to start beating on Gargano. He pushes Priest out of the way and then goes to the outside onto both men. Leon gets Gargano back into the ring for this crazy move where he took Gargano out by the neck after jumping off the rope for a two. Gargano back to his feet. Leon with another two after a huge clothesline. Leon on the top rope and Priest back in. Priest connects a boot to the face. Priest flatlines Leon and Gargano at the same time. Priest now with flying elbows to two corners and uses Leon as a weapon to take Gargano out. Priest looks for the uh, razor's edge, but Gargano wiggles out of it and gets Priest into the post. Gargano then uses Leon like a dart to go into Priest. Gargano using the ropes for the for, of the second ring to tie up Priest and take him out of the um, of the way. Gargano bleeding from his mouth. 
Leon gets Gargano down with this huge move where he drops Gargano on his back for a two. Leon back to the top, but gets caught by Gargano for the Gargano escape. Priest using his long legs as leverage to break free and able to get a flying spinning heel kick to Gargano. Now going after Leon, and he goes to throw Leon out of the ring, but Gargano gets him with a super kick, maybe. Um, Gargano goes, goes for the one final beat, but Priest counters and goes for the win, but three ghost faces come out. Yes. And then another three. Mm-hmm. So there are six ghost faces. Yes. Priest takes out all of them. Uh, Leon able to get a huge splash for a very close two, but Priest breaks it on Gargano, but Priest breaks it up. Uh, I want to know who all these ghost faces are. Um, one was tall with very curly hair. Hmm. That helps anybody. Leon now going after Priest, but Priest takes him out. Gargano back in now. Priest looks for the Reckoning, but Gargano counters, goes for another Reckoning, and another Ghost Face comes in with a pipe. So now this is Ghost Face number seven. Gargano distracted, and Leon goes after him, but Gargano able to pull off the one final beat to win. Yes. Whew. The right outcome, but how did his followers multiply in such a short period of time? <laughs> um, so I thought this was good too, but too much, um, especially for like a payoff, uh, like a like a pay per view type match. Um, I didn't. I did not approve of all of the ghost faces. It's so weird to me. I wonder why it's the ghost faces. Um, that's so strange to me. Why it's the scream killer? I have no idea why this is. Maybe they don't have to pay royalties for it. <laughs> maybe, maybe the costuming department is like, look, we can't, like, you know, whatever you can find at a costume shop. Yeah, like you know, and Halloween, that's all that was left. Halloween <laughs> is over. Yeah, Halloween's over, and these are widely available and very cheap. So maybe that's why they went this maybe. route. Um, I feel bad for Leon Ruff. Uh, I thought he looked good in this, though. I mean, to a degree, I think I just keep looking at like the over the overarching story, which is they to basically the story is they sacrificed Leon Ruff, they sacrificed uh, the North American Championship just to be able to stretch out this Johnny Gargano Damian Priest story a little bit. Yeah, um, they sort of made Ruff kind of a joke and. Mm-hmm. They sort of made the the put the title in a similar situation. Um, it was a big deal when Johnny Gargano was the first two time champion. Now he's the three time champion, and they didn't even mention that. I don't think. Um, no, not that I remember. And a couple of times in this match, like I felt like they kept doing the thing where like Leon Ruff is the joke. Like Damian Priest would be like, "Look, kids, stay out of the way. I don't want to hurt you." Like you're in a match with him. He's the yeah. champion. Like hurt him and win the title. Like what? It, what is going on? Like I, I didn't like any of that stuff. And also, what I, I shouldn't let these things affect my score. But when they revealed who the last ghost face person was, uh, I also took a quarter point off of this match. I uh, get that. I uh, rated it before that happened, but we knew it was going to happen. I know we were calling it for weeks, but I gave this a three. I gave it three and a half. Uh, Grapple. Oh, boy, you're really more in tune with Grapple here. 3.46 from Grapple. Wow, that's two in a row for us. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So to that point, at the end now, um, Austin Theory reveals himself as one of the ghost faces. Mm, um, yes. I'm thinking of the one with the pipe, but who are the others? Uh, just randos, I guess. I don't think they're. I don't think we'll ever see them again. But maybe they're just extras that Johnny Gargano hired. Maybe. Um, we have an announcement for uh, New Year's Evil on <laughs> yes. January 6th Do which is not this? a takeover no it is not it's just an episode of NXT I believe I was um, very confused but do you do you approve of this pun no no uh, I, no. I think they're doing this because this is a thing that AEW has done a few times um, where they have taken an episode of their show Dynamite and they have themed it um, something different in fact this past Wednesday, uh, the theme was Winter is Coming, which apparently um, they were able to use because uh, TNT, Warner Brothers, uh, mm, HBO. HBO. Uh, so they, they got they're, e- they're easily able to acquire the licensing to use Winter is Coming. Uh, but they did that and had a very uh, effective show. I know we don't talk about the war anymore. Mm-hmm. But uh, and for good reason because NXT lost it. But yes, normally every week, Jacqueline, they are very close together, fairly close in number. Uh, hmm. But it is notable that for this Winter Is Coming show, uh, AEW almost did a million viewers going up against NXT, and NXT only did about six hundred thousand. And hmm. uh, in that very important demographic, uh, NXT yeah. is doing horrible. And AEW is tied for first on the evening with college basketball. That's uh, huge. Which is really big. Usually they are in the top 10 or top five, um, but they're competing against some bigger reality shows or competing with sports. And they were tied for the number one spot on Wednesday, which is crazy. That just means that they're growing and growing. And uh, NXT's audience is getting older and older. They are. Uh, which, with my um, birthday right around the corner, not a good reminder. Thank you, yeah. television ratings. Um, I don't know. I guess maybe they thought they did well with Halloween Havoc. I just worry that now this is going to become a thing. Yes. Like, we're going to get a President's Day Massacre or it's something. Got- I don't know. Oh, my God. Uh, well, we already had that, Jacqueline. It was called the election. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I feel like... They're thinking we need something. Our regular NXT episodes aren't enough, and we can't do a takeover all the time, so we'll do, like, mini takeovers. And I'm going to tell you what you need, okay? Mm -hmm. Here's what we need. Okay. We need a promo off between Zach Gibson, Adam Cole, Mm -hmm. and Pat McAfee. Yes. Just start something, let them talk a lot, Mm -hmm. and you'll be fine. They could do that for the whole hour. Also go back to an hour. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's my recipe for success for NXT. <laughs> I approve of that. All right. So we get into our final match of the night, the men's war games. Yes, Undisputed um, Era versus the Kings of NXT. I don't know if they've officially called themselves that. So. No, I I'm unofficially calling them that because I don't like Team McAfee. Mm. That just sounds. That just sounds like it. Just reminds I, they, me of virus software. They can actually all coin themselves the Brit Ambrellers because there's two British, two American, uh, and true. they brawl. Yes. Like, just do it. Mm-hmm. 
That's my plea. Um, I will say I do not like Undisputed Era in red. I don't know why. It's Something uh, about it. Weird. Yeah, it's weird. Off-putting. I like the green and gold. Bring that back, please. Mm-hmm. Or the gray. Yep. I have, I have, I have, I have costume suggestions. <laughs> um, Kyle starting it off for them. Um, it's worth it to note. Um, all four of the bad guy team coming out to the same muse entrance music. The Pat McAfee theme, which is, is it? of yeah. the of the three theme songs for these guys, Pat McAfee's is by far the worst. So it it is, but I think the ones for the one for. Danny Birch and Oni Lorcan is too cheery. Yeah, they should have come out to Pete Dunn's music, which probably uh, would work. I think. Yes, especially because he starts it off for his team. Hmm. Um. So the the match has you know kind of started between the two of them, but no one making a move here er, uh, early. Not Ernie. Um, finally, a bit of a tussle. Pete going after Kyle's leg and getting him down, but not for long. Pete gets Kyle down, but Kyle's legs wrapped around his waist, and these two just going after each other. Kyle going for Pete's arm. Pete gets his legs around Kyle's throat to pull him into the second ring. Pete's still on his feet and gets off a big kick and then starts with a, with the joint manipulation. Still a lot of finger bending. Kyle gets Pete into a corner, but Pete jumps up onto the second rope and flips backward but kyle's not there kyle able to get pete down for a moment here but then pete gets kyle up and brings him down into an arm lock kyle reverses into a leg hold oni's in now oni coming in with some big chops and kyle responding with big kicks oni gets kyle down with some kind of suplex and pete follows up with a kick to the arm oni has a six pack that i'm pretty sure is new uh, Kyle trying to roll away and taking each of his opponents out by getting their legs in the ropes as they try to step through. Pete with a drop kick to Kyle's knee as he flips over himself. Double submission on Kyle. Bobby in now. Um, not putting in any weapons. If you'll recall, Bobby Fish is usually the one to put in all of the weapons. Fish taking out everyone quickly as he gets in. Um, big spine buster on Oni. Kyle able to get a little rest and then back in with a huge knee to Pete. Bobby and Kyle then take out Oni. Pete looking to go after fingers again. Fish able to come up from behind to break it up. Kyle trying to submit Oni. Um, Pete trying to submit Fish. Danny in now, and now we get some weapons. Danny taking out both Kyle and Fish. Danny brought a cricket bat in the ring. There were two cricket bats, and the two Englishmen are wielding them. Danny's um, showboating and gets caught by Kyle in an ankle lock. Pete with the save to break the hold. Birch then using the bat to take Kyle out. Pete using the bat to pull Kyle's leg. Strong in, but the Brit Ambrawler is there to greet him. Strong wearing his shirt while in the ring, which is different for him. He takes on all three competitors from McAfee's team and just destroys them. Strong goes into the cage by Oni uh, to slow him for a moment. Undisputed Era being taken out here in the in this three-on-three. Oni with a large chop to Strong, who somehow took his shirt off in between the beating. McAfee ready to begin, and he goes for the weapons. His team there to help, his team there to help, and we get tables, um, and the members of Undisputed Era's names are on them. Chairs now, too. Oni and Pete still beating on people, Birch helping to set up the weapons. Finally in, and Pat just waiting in the corner, watching everything. Undisputed Era have not been on their feet in a long time. Strong on his table and McAfee with a huge backflip to put Strong through it. McAfee congratulating himself too much. That table broke clear in half. 
Here we go, but Cole arming himself, and he chooses the fire extinguisher to move everyone out of the doorway. Cole with a steel chair to Oni. He takes out Pete and then Birch, and then the two captains see each other. But Pete gets in the way as the true muscle he is. Pete taking Cole out, and Cole responds with a huge DDT and goes to jump off the ropes, but McAfee grabs him to stop him. Uh, Pete going for the fingers, and Kyle gets a chair to his back. Kyle yelling at McAfee. McAfee dumbfounded, um, and Cole with a chair to the back. Now it's a ridiculous slugfest. Uh, Kyle going after McAfee, strong on Birch. Pete somehow taking on everyone. Fish goes uh, for a sleeper on Pete, but Oni breaks it up. Kyle about to get a two on Pete, but Oni breaks it up. Brit and Brawler is able to get their finisher on Kyle for a two. McAfee took down Cole and now working him over and gets a figure four, but Cole able to reverse the hold and McAfee now screaming in pain uh, and Pete able to kick Cole in the face to break it up. Strong is the only one who has gone through a table at this point. Oni and Danny setting up another one. There's a bad guy side of the ring and a good guy side. Strong fighting Pete through the ropes. Fish and Strong now going after Danny and Oni, and they take them out. Pete and Cole to get a near fall on Pete after a knee to the neck. Cole now getting uh, setting up a table. Um, but the table doesn't break, so Strong goes off the top again to break it. Cole gets McAfee through the other table by pushing him off the ropes. Oni, Danny, and Pete um, against the cage, and um, Undisputed Era takes turns striking and super kicking um, each until they fall over like toy soldiers. McAfee's standing, um, but away. McAfee goes to climb the cage, but is pulled back in, and he just gets wailed on. Cole putting McAfee into the cage, and then so does Kyle, and then Fish takes a turn. Strong holding McAfee over the rope to set up for um, the punt for Cole, and Pete in for the save again. Now McAfee's team up. Kyle and Oni on the ropes as are Strong and McAfee. Kyle and Oni go flying down. Pete and Cole also on the ropes. And Cole able to get him down with a neck breaker. And then Strong gets a superplex on McAfee. They're all up but holding on to each other because of how tired they are. McAfee is on the top of the cage and takes everyone out by flipping off the top. EO's jump in was better, but I'll give it to him because it's pretty impressive. Kyle and Pete mirroring each other. A huge exchange of forearms leads to blows, and Kyle takes down Pete, but then Pete starts to go after the fingers. Pete gets off the bitter end for a very close two. Pete looking to get Kyle into that last table, but Kyle reverses and get Pete gets Pete down on that metal divider for a two. Kyle sets up a chair and puts Pete's head on it. Kyle climbing the ropes, but McAfee armed with a chair to get him down. Cole up now, just wailing on McAfee. Cole goes to hit McAfee with the chair and then a low blow and goes for the punt, but Cole gets him down and goes to the rope. Birch there to interfere, and Fish puts Birch into the table that was meant for him. Cole pulls off the super kick and the Panama City Sunrise, and McAfee kicked out. Cole going for the last shot, but Oni gets McAfee out of the way to take it. Pete with the bitter end onto a chair, but Strong in to break up the pin. Strong sends Pete for a huge spin um, to drop him on his knees, and then Fish and Strong with tandem offense on Pete. Kyle, though, the one to ultimately pull off the win by pinning Oni after a frog splash. This was really, really good. I think it took too long to get to the exciting stuff at the end. Mm -hmm. um, I thought they all did great. Oni, not looking so good by the end of the match here. It looked pretty roughed up. Yeah, I mean, that kind of felt like that for a lot of... You know, maybe except for Pat McAfee, although he was 
like a good coward in this match who basically stood back as long as he possibly could without getting involved. Yeah, but he pulled off some good moves. Like, he really, I was really like, whoa, okay, he's taking himself seriously, like, with that stuff at least. Mm -hmm. Uh, By the time this match was done, I'm like, I don't know if Jacqueline's going to like this match or hate it because it was long, long, 45 minutes long. It was, I think, here's the thing, the last, like, eight minutes, let's call it, mm-hmm. were so great. Yeah. So great, but it took so long to get there. And they so that's shaved, the only... Yeah, they could have shaved, like, ten minutes, I think, from this easily. They really could have. Um, but I still, that's why it was not my favorite match on this show. Um, this still was my favorite match. I did dock it a little bit because I felt it went way too long. Um, Mm -hmm. which is a common problem for war games and me. Uh, When Adam Cole came in, he was the last guy to come in. Uh, It went another 30-something minutes after he came in, Mm -hmm. Uh, which is a long time considering all these other guys have been in there battling for so long. Um, Exactly. I was surprised to see Pat McAfee kick out of the Panama Sunrise. That's Um, that's big. Yes. (laughs) Uh, I wish there had been more of an audience there because they're – crowd noise that they had did not do that moment justice justice yeah um that was kind of like a big thing he did not kick out of it when they had the match at takeover 30 uh, adam cole hit it and then didn't try to pin him he just hit him with the the last shot on top of that um mm-hmm. to put him away but um yeah they all did crazy stuff in here uh the ending sequence was really good uh, I am actually not surprised. So unlike the first match, I'm not terribly surprised that Kyle O'Reilly got the win here. Um, because I feel like... They're with, trying to set him up as a singles person. Yes, and I feel like they, uh, they want to give Kyle O'Reilly... This is just my theorizing here. This is my, um, you know, armchair quarterbacking. But I feel like they want to give Kyle O'Reilly something so they have an excuse to do a rematch with Finn because you you can have the... Because I think ultimately they're probably going to do Finn and Karrion Cross, but I don't yes. think that's the first... I don't think that's the first thing they're going to hop to. And I feel like you've got a little bit of wiggle room there because Finn could want some... Um, could want some personal revenge for Kyle putting him on the shelf, breaking his jaw, and almost costing him his title run. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, but on the other hand, you have Kyle who lost that match. So like, what's his in? Although sometimes NXT does not think about this because I think they gave Jake Atlas title matches and he's barely won any matches. Uh, so sometimes they think about this stuff. Sometimes they don't. But if you are thinking about it there's a really good way to give Kyle yep. some momentum by making him the guy who gets the pin in the big war games match. Um, so I thought that was great. Uh, crazy uses of finishers onto open chairs tonight. Yes. Ember's eclipse, which was amazing. And Pete Dunn's bitter end on Adam Cole, which was also amazing. Yeah, and I thought they killed their competitors that were they like put into the chairs. They, looked they just looked brutal. Yep, nasty. Mm-hmm. Both uh, of them, like it was just oh, ridiculous. So I really enjoyed this match. I thought it was really good. To me, it was the best match on the show, but it went a little too long, 
and I gave it three and three quarter stars. I still went higher than you and gave it a four. Ooh, wow. And Grapple, 3.98. Right there. Right there. Right there. Um, so for me, this is like a little lower on the scale for uh, takeovers. This kind of felt more like the In Your House one or the Takeover 30. Uh, I think I preferred the last takeover of the, if we're looking at the pandemic era of takeovers. Mm -hmm. uh, I still think uh, Takeover 31 is my favorite of those. Um, this was good, but, and maybe, maybe it was the circumstances under, some of it is the circumstances of the storytelling and the booking, uh, but some mm -hmm. of it was also the circumstances under which I watched it this morning. Uh, is a long, do it. it was a long, hard, stressful day, so that did not help. I was not mm -hmm. in the most joyous of moods heading into this show. Um, but yeah. Uh, by and large, I like the show. I'm curious to see where they take things from here. That is another question. Um, if not, if not this direction with Kyle O'Reilly, then where to? Where? Yeah, what do we do with Undisputed Era? Because otherwise, this feels like a match where maybe uh, the Pat McAfee and his Kings of NXT. This feels like it would have been more important for them to get the win over the longer established team when you've got get beaten by the up and comers. But uh, if they are looking to do something with Kyle O'Reilly, that's a different story. And I think uh, that works for me. So, yeah, I think that might be what's happening. So um, do we have anything announced for the next episode of NXT? I know it's the fallout from the takeover. No, and I'm looking at their Twitter now. There's nothing here. Nothing. So. I know we will probably hear from Finn, but yes. that's hardly main event worthy. So we'll just end in the generic fashion that we always end these uh, takeover, uh, <laughs> these takeover uh, episodes. Um, all right. So that is the podcast for this week. Head on over to cinemageekly.com where you can check out the archives of the show. And of course, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Just search for What Comes NXT, hit subscribe, and that way you can come back next time to hear us talk about more NXT on the WWE and USA Network's The Fallout from TakeOver War Games 2020.